You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This, this is, 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 is Kickoff in the Valley. Now here's your host, Tyler, Tyler Vazquez and Gunnar Jackson. Welcome into the kickoff of the Valley Podcast covering your Arizona Cardinals. My name is Gunnar. That is Tyler Vasquez. We're going to be previewing the week nine matchup between the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals, which is Sunday at 2.05 at State Farm Stadium. Clocks fall back for for pretty much everybody else in the country except for us. That is why we have the later kickoff time, which I despise. Your thoughts why on why are you despising that? Because you have to be up so I, because you have to be up so early? Is that what it comes down to? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm a normal schedule where I get up at 2.45 in the morning on, you know, during the week. But, you know, we're waiting an extra hour on Sunday mornings for kickoff of the early games. And then you got the 2.05 and and then that pushes Sunday night football to 6.15 for us, you know. And again, there's my bedtime, right? My, my normal bedtime during the week is mm-hmm. 7 o'clock. So if kickoff on Sunday night is at 6.15, you know. It's uh, oh, oh. early, Boys right? And early, look at this here. I, oh, the 6 15 Sunday night football, you know, it starts at 8 15 on the east coast, buddy. You can, <laughs> that's oh why, yeah, I know, and, and that's why I'm glad I don't live on the east coast, man. I, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel <laughs> so late to watch these games. The dream of my life, and then we'll let the show continue, of course would be to be covering East Coast teams and living on the West Coast oh, because yeah. then you get all the benefits. Yeah, that'd be the best case scenario. Same with morning radio, man. I love that. Switch it around. Live in a different time zone. I'm, I'm a, If it's a home game, selfishly, I like the later start because then I don't have to be down at Westgate or in Glendale <laughs> as early. Uh, yeah. It does allow me a little bit later of a start to my day. But uh, I agree. I do miss the 10 o'clock start time uh, of games on Sunday. You know what I loved? When I was in Hawaii uh, last month, um, they were like three hours ahead of Pacific time. So, like, the games kicked off at, like, 7 a.m. The later games were, like, 10 or 11. And then Sunday Night Football was, like, 3 o'clock in the afternoon or something like that. And everything was wrapped up by 6 o'clock at night. I loved it. Loved every moment of it. Yeah, I mean, besides the the beautiful weather and uh, yeah, yeah the, the right views. I mean, yeah, having football done pretty early. Although when I went to Hawaii a few years ago, I remember like the first game of the day, the Cardinals they were playing the Steelers, so they were it was an early game just because they were you know playing in a yeah uh, playing well, an AFC, AFC team, and so they started at six a.m. in the morning. So I had to be up yeah. at a bar at six a.m. ready to go for uh, yeah. to watch the Cardinals play the Steelers, and then they got killed by uh, a backup quarterback, from what I remember. Of course. Oh, and- oh. Uh, Tyler complaining about doing some day drinking. This guy comes in every episode with another <laughs> life complaint. I had to have easy access to stadiums across the country. <laughs> uh, they set me up in private areas to record podcast episodes. My 
God. <laughs> and then the London games, man, those would be 3 a.m. in Hawaii. That's crazy. Or 3 or 4 a.m., something like that. Yeah, yeah. Our, our buddy from the nutty. British Bird Gang that we had on a few weeks ago, he uh, uh, he had mentioned how he gets to get up and he stays up like all night watching all the games. So uh, it, it, it is a little different. Man. I'm having to figure out logistically. We're going to be in Mexico in a couple of weeks for the Cardinal Monday Night Football game. And when I went down there, the feed, it's all in Spanish, of of course, for obvious reasons, right? The but what is? The, the feed, like the, the feed. game feeds, they're all uh-huh. in Spanish. So like for all of us Cardinal fans coming from Arizona that yeah. don't speak Spanish, a uh, little bit different experience watching football. So I'm trying to figure out, do I, do I pay for the uh, NFL has like a world game pass thing where it's like a hundred bucks for the season or something like that for everybody in different countries to watch like any game. It's like their Sunday ticket. So I think I'm going to buy that while I'm there and then somehow plug it into the TV system at the bar that we're going to be at (laughs) just so we can get the, uh, the English broadcast of the, of the games of the, uh, the early games before the game, uh, well, for all the games, the Cardinals don't play till Monday, so we're gonna be watching the Sunday game. Oh, the I got it. That's right. Yeah. Monday night yeah. football. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is so, the in arena announcer is that going to be Spanish at that game, or do you know? Uh, I don't know. I don't. In London, it was it was in English, right? right. But I don't know in Spanish if if it'll be Spanish or. I'm I mean, assuming it. They might have both. Of course, about three course, times early in English. Of course, the London. Game I know. I know. That's what I mean. That's what I meant. <laughs> I'm just talking about out, out of country games, <laughs> obviously well, like them, they're going to be English. So I haven't run up into a scenario where they're going to, where it would be a different language where I'm thinking in Mexico, what I think they might do. And I've seen this for, I think it was for other sports. I'm trying to remember where I saw this is they'll have two in uh, arena announcers, maybe in boxing, right? They have in, or UFC even, they have two announcers, one for the native language and then one for uh, the U S and, oh, and they'll have uh, people give announcements. That would be horrible to sit through. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. That's a guess. I, I don't like, remember what they've done. You got to assume they put the games there for the local residents, right? They're not going to cater to yeah. the Americans who want to fly and watch their team uh, play. So You're, I it, it, it might all be Spanish. You you might be correct. And yeah, that, that'll be that'll be what it is. But um, well, turning our attention to uh, this week. It is our preview episode, Cardinals Seahawks round two this season. We're already getting their second matchup. How crazy yeah, is that? I forgot that they already battled it out uh, up in Seattle. Yeah, it was a couple weeks ago. ago. I mean, we're yeah. like two games, three, four weeks apart. Um, Cardinals injury front. They already had practice this morning. Buda Baker, DJ Humphreys, Rodney Hudson, all three missed pra- weren't practicing today. We already know that Rodney Hudson was ruled out for Sunday's game. Rodney Hudson, man, I'm, I'm calling him uh, uh, retired on retired on duty. That's what that's what he is right now. He he was contemplating retirement in the offseason. He ends up coming back like we thought he was not going to play this year. He We would have been better off if he would have retired and we would have gotten that cash and been able to make a move because this guy has been out all year. But the scary one is Buda Baker. I mean, he's been healthy all year. We haven't had any problems with Buda being out and. You know, he's like a missile on that defense. Uh, remember that play? Uh, what was it last season? 
was either last season or the season before where he got that that interception where he thought he was going to take it to the house and DK chased him yeah. down with Zell. And that was here at, at home. <laughs> that was here, yeah, at State Farm Stadium. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to say it was last play. season. That was a primetime game. It was your last season yeah. the season before. But, yeah, I remember uh, Buddha getting chased down in that game. He's he's made some impact on the Seahawks. He should have scored in that, on that drive. Yeah. But uh, DJ Humphreys, another big missing piece, that old line. Daryl Williams, Cardinals running back room. You're thinking that maybe James Conner will be back this week, but Daryl Williams will not be will not be back. He went to the IR with a hip injury. And then if we could take a moment of silence, let me throw these glasses on right here. Rodrigo Blankenship. <laughs> we parted ways with Rodrigo. Uh, injury settlement, uh, mainly because Matt Brader's back and ready to go. What does last that mean? What, is, what does an injury settlement mean? You can't. I saw that. Yeah, you can't release someone if they're injured. So apparently he had some sort of fluke injury. So they they came to some agreement. Oh, uh, it might have been a real injury, but I'm just saying how convenient he knew he was going to get cut soon. And all of a sudden he was injured and <laughs> maybe he squeezed out a couple this more. Smart businessman right there. That's a yeah, smart yeah. Businessman. He needs to buy more Legos. I mean, he's got a big Lego collection and, you know, he knew he was going to be jobless for a few weeks. Uh, you know, here's the thing with kickers. Though. If you're remotely good, which he's been he'll get another job. I mean, someone, yeah. kicker, another kicker is going to get hurt and he'll be one of the first calls and he'll get a, he'll get a job. God, that's actually brilliant, man. If you have, if you have a gut feeling, you're going to get canned, get an on the job injury and they can't fire you. Well, it's like, actually, those, uh, it's like those doctors, right? You, you know, you hire a, now I'm sure you went through the team, but <laughs> you hire one of those, you know, medical doctors to get you one of those cards so you can, mm. you know, do your business. And it's similar to this, right? Rodrigo probably called up some, wacky doc and got said hey write me a, a doctor write, write, write yeah. me a note that i'm injured and <laughs> get me a little pay, little pay out here four times record yeah. four well, times in the- this is really important uh kick off in the valley podcast odyssey sports 2400 sports media we do not encourage anyone to engage <laughs> in falsified injury reports on the job site uh gunner and oh i thought Tyler. you meant the other medical cards that i was referring to uh no, <laughs> Uh, the the voice of the bird god, I, I'm permanent third host on the show now. Look at that. He's four times in. That means he's he's guaranteed rest of the show uh, for, for the rest of this this the, episode, right? The payout uh, on uh, four cut-ins. I mean, that, the, the odds on that are just like, <laughs> man, I would have made some good money. I'm going on the over. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I'm sure we're, we're going to get a record six or seven this episode. Uh, <laughs> other kind of updates. New Arizona Cardinal uh, defensive lineman Tristan Hill. He was picked up off the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we got him off waivers. Six foot three, three hundred and eight pounds, adding some beef to the defensive line. He was a former second round, uh, second round pick. I want to say in two thousand nineteen. Gunner, a uh, uh, couple of my buddies that are die die hard football fans in college and everything else that they, they one of them's really hyped over the Tristan Hill pickup off of waivers, and then the other gentleman that you broke while we were having our interview the other day. Yeah. And I'm going to butcher his name again. Uh, the linebacker, Camu Grugier Hill, both both uh, Grugier Hill and Tristan Hill were at practice today. So both new Cardinals ready to rock. Uh, hopefully this Sunday, you would think they would get in, in some rotation. Yeah. Uh, speaking about getting some rotation, <clears throat> interviewed this week, Cliff Kingsbury uh, yesterday said he hopes Robbie Anderson can have a larger role this week versus the Seahawks and that the coaches will try to force feed him the ball. So wow. I don't know if this is just coach speak to like throw the other team off, but they're they're saying they're going to target Robbie Anderson a lot this Sunday. I he's hope been, so. Yeah, he's only been targeted four times in two games. 
uh, has still doesn't have a catch. He does not have a catch for the Cardinals, just like the Cardinals don't have uh, offensive uh, first quarter touchdowns. So, well, I hope that's not Cliff's only strategy going into this game. <laughs> say, hey, we're going to target Robbie Anderson. Cover Robbie Anderson with your best guy. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, that's not his only strategy. Hopefully, he's got something more up his sleeve. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping we change anything to get this offense up and up and going. Uh, yeah. Seattle's offense, Pro Football Focus, ranks them eighth overall in the NFL. How crazy is that? Think about that in the off season, Gunner. If I told you the Seahawks were going to be a top 10 offense in the NFL this year. Nobody would have, nobody would have predicted that, man. No. Uh-uh. Now, def- defensively, they're more down to earth. They're ranked 20th thanks to pro football focus. So, you know. Okay, so you're saying the offense. The offense. I thought you said defense. So the offense is ranked up their top 10, right? And then yeah, the, they're 8th. Uh, offense okay, is 8th. Defense is defense. 20th. Okay. All right. Now, the Cardinals, embarrassingly, this is where they've dropped every week. They've dropped gunner. I keep telling you they're dropping and dropping and dropping offensively. They're now ranked 27th in the NFL mm. Ugh, fifth from the bottom uh, defensively. They're moving up, moving on up. They went from 29th to 28th. So they're making Which, I mean, little, if, little steps defensively to move up. Well, Yeah. I mean, if they would have repeated what they did two weeks ago last week, I mean, they would have been up even higher than that. They, they regressed last week. You know, they, they kind of took it, took a step backwards. They had, well, I, they, I, I, feel, I, I tried right before we got on, I was trying to look at every game and see how quick, like what it feels like to me. And it, it's definitely been this way the last two games, but I didn't get to go far enough back the last two games. The Cardinals have given up a score on the opening drive, but then they've kind of settled down defensively. So if they could just get away from giving up the touchdown in the opening drive, uh, that might help our cause. So, yeah, like you're saying, they, they would be in a better position. But last two weeks in a row, they've now given up touchdowns that, that first drive down the field. So um, hopefully they will adjust this weekend. Well, and hopefully we can actually get in the end zone ourselves uh, in that uh, first quarter. You know, that hadn't happened in, uh, what, 13 games now? Uh, without a first quarter touchdown. And I mean, the last time we played the Seahawks, they didn't even get in the end zone at all. It was uh, three field goals. Uh, I guess the Seahawks up there in Seattle in week six. Uh, my only other note before we bring in our guests for behind enemy lines is, you know, the recent schedule for the Seahawks. They're on a three game win streak gunner. And who did that start with? The Arizona Cardinals, week six. <laughs> uh, they obviously beat us in Seattle 19 to nine. I will say in that game, it did not feel like Seattle did a lot to to control that game or, or beat us. I think we just, much like many games this year, it feels like the Cardinals just continuously shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah. Um, after that game, they, they won week seven against the Chargers. They did, you know, blow the Chargers out, 37-23. And then last week uh, in Seattle beat Kaka, voice of the bird god, uh, Adams, New York football giants, 27-13. to in Seattle, like I said, so uh, three game win streak as they roll into the Valley. And hopefully, you know, what, what it's been the past few years is the Cardinals have owned Seattle in Seattle and mm-hmm. the Seahawks have owned the Cardinals in Arizona. Well, yeah. with them beating us in Seattle this year, hopefully we can flip that notion and uh, turn things around here. What do you think? I hope so, man. I hope so. I did, you know, last year when it was the uh, was it the wild card game. Seahawks were here. I mean, Russell Wilson was still at the, uh, you know, a quarterback, but I mean, that was, that was uh, the Cardinals, you know, making a run and then kind of fizzling out at the end of the season. And the Seahawks come in and beat the Cardinals of the playoffs. Or was it the last game of the season? I'm, I'm trying to remember what game that was last year. It was the last game. Oh, well, the wild card game. We got blown out in the wild, oh, card, wild card game by the Rams. Okay. So it must've oh, been, okay. that must've so been a regular season game. game. Yeah. The last game of the season. Yeah. 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 Um, 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, at this time, let's go behind enemy lines and bring in our guest. And Matt, I don't want to butcher your last name. Matt Mikolas? Mikolas, just like Nicholas with an M, yeah. What happened to the name, man? Damn it, I knew it was easier than I was making it. <laughs> What's Not, what, what happened to the nickname, dude? Slickhawk. Slickhawk, it's still there. I'm still Slickhawk okay. uh, and all that. Well, I was searching for you on social media, and I'm like, what the, <laughs> I was like, what the hell is his real name? I, know, I, I go by an adult name now. I feel like it's more, <laughs> uh, you know, more grown up of me. I'm 38 years old. There's actually, I don't know if you okay. can see here on the on the on the cast here but there's some gray in my beard now i did i i I took my shirt off to take a shower the other day i noticed like three gray chest hairs so so uh yeah so my my twitter handle is at matt michaelis now instead of the the slick hawk 12 that i was for so many years yeah and i I only knew you as slick hawk i know when i worked up in uh, seattle (laughs) you know so that's how we have that connection and that's why uh and you let me give give some, some backstory because I want you, want you to know, Matt, you are our number one choice in our heart. But I want to tell you, uh-huh. two, three weeks ago when the Cardinals played the Seahawks, or four weeks ago, what it is now, uh, what makes it easy to find guests for this Behind Enemy Lines episode is we reach out to our sister podcast or brother podcast for whatever team. Sure. So we reached out to the fo- the three folks that do the Seahawk one three weeks ago, four weeks mm-hmm. ago. They no sold us. They didn't reply. And when they did reply, they're like, we're too busy. Wow. We, got, we got the Mariners and the playoffs. Blah, blah, blah. There was a lot going on up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was so busy. So busy. <laughs> so we get to the episode and, and we don't. It was the only episode we've not had a guest this year. Oh. Right. And so as we were talking, Gunnar was like, man, I should have reached out. I know some people up in Seattle still. I, I can maybe find us a person. And I said, Okay, well, when we get to that next game, let, let's see where we go. So we do a courtesy here. We reach out to that show again this week. Sent two emails, no reply. So I think the rivalry between the Seahawks and the Cardinals has now expanded between podcasts. Yeah, and I'm yeah. just I'm just glad that you are a decent Seahawks fan and and willing to take us up on on the offer to join the show and and we don't, appreciate don't give me too you much lot. credit. I call me decent now. I mean, <laughs> Gunner knows better than that. But no, no, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, look, it's so. It's so but that's what I wanted to say was yeah. Gunner then steps in like the hero he is and says, "I got ties in Seattle." Uh-huh. I got my guy Slickhawk, and then we went down this rabbit hole of trying to find you uh, <laughs> yeah. because because your Twitter handle had changed. So right. I'm glad we connected. That's glad great. we could get you on the show. Yeah. Um, first things first. I mean, yeah, it's so weird to be saying this. First things first. Let's dive into the star of the team, Geno Smith. I know. Uh, it's, it's weird here too. <laughs> it's unex- I can't explain it. Uh, nobody saw it coming other than Pete Carroll. And I say maybe John Schneider. I don't even think John Schneider saw this coming when it comes to what, what Geno Smith is doing. I mean, you, you, you go around the pundit the- shows, right? They're talking about MVP candidate Geno yeah. Smith. Right? 
right? What about the what about the bullet you guys dodged by trading Russ Wilson now and the dumpster fire in Denver, right? They give him all that money, and yeah. you've got Gino on probably. Well, I haven't looked at his contract, but I'm just going to assume the most friendly contract in the NFL oh, sure. for any starting quarterback. Yeah. Uh, and and he's performing at a at a top you know five level in the NFL. He was the he just named yesterday offensive player of the month for October yeah. in he's the on, NFL. He's on a- that's right. He's on a he's on a one year three point five million dollar contract with the oh, Seahawks. Yeah. So Gino Gino Smith was out there, like he was out there deep, deep, deep into free agency. They didn't sign him till like late spring, and but it, it's funny because I mean Pete Carroll made it known, hey, we want to bring this guy back. Like he said it multiple times, Gino Smith, he's going to be in the mix. We're going to get something done. So like, if anybody wanted to to get him. He could have been had, yeah. Uh, but he comes, but he comes back to Seattle, and and you see what's happening. I, like I said, I can't explain it. Um, you know, I was somebody who, look, did I you was want? All, let, wait, let's get the opinion. Did you yeah. want Drew? Did you want Drew Locke to start or Geno Smith? Oh, I, I didn't care at that point just because <laughs> I didn't. I expected this to be a five-win football team at best. Um, you know, I was and somebody. Here they are who, five I, wins. I, well, yeah, so hopefully, I mean, <laughs> great, got the over. Uh, yeah. No, I, I wanted them to spend the $50 million a year to, to sign Russell Wilson. You know, I was that guy. And so, because I just have the firm belief that if you have a franchise quarterback, you don't let that go for anything. Yeah. Now, the struggles Russell Wilson is having, you know, obviously new offense, new everything, is not the best team around him. I don't think he would be having those, you know, struggles to that magnitude. Um, if he was still here versus in Denver, but it's got to be part Seattle knows how to use Russ. And yeah, Denver yeah. hasn't figured it out, right? Yeah, exactly. But I, I also don't think he'd be having this the success that Geno Smith is having right now either. Well, he didn't. He didn't so last weird, year, which it, is it, so weird. Yeah, and they were sub. They were kind of subpar last year with yeah. with Russ. No, no, definitely were. And you know Shane Waldron's offense. You know, we you saw it sputter and, and stall out so many times last year. And I think we're seeing that, you know, some of we all knew kind of some of Russell's limitations and some of it's just his own doing. And, you know, he's only going to allow himself to be coached up so far. I mean, he's got his own quarterbacks coach uh, that is down there with him. So in, in Denver that he, he brought from up here, Jake Heaps. Um, so instead of working with a team quarterback coach, he's got his own. You know, it's just that's just how he rolls. So, um, yeah, they're. The offense is is working the way it's supposed to work, and it's it's simple enough. Getting the ball to the right guy at the right time. I mean, that's and ask any quarterback what their job is, and that's what it is. And Geno Smith, he's just running the offense, being the point guard that Pete Carroll wants, and running the Shane Waldron offense to um, to perfection, really. Uh, you kind of alluded to it, but let's let's talk team chemistry. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think Lockett brought it up. I want to say it was a quote last week that I saw where he said something along the lines. It's just a bunch of guys playing together. Mm-hmm. It kind of seemed like a dig at Russell Wilson. Uh, but but how much is this? I mean, when you when you look at talent, I mean, they have talent, right? You got Lockett, you got DK, you've got <laughs> Walk, Ken Walker. You got a bunch of guys that are that are studs. And, and defensively, you've got some studs, too. We'll talk about them in a minute. But how much is this just like all guys feeding into what the coaches are saying and mm-hmm. playing good team football? 
uh, the quote was, it's amazing what you can do when, you know, nobody, no one person is, is trying to take the credit. And, there you, it, go. you know, a lot of people <laughs> took it as a shot at, at Wilson. Um, it wasn't a shot at Wilson. That's just not who Tyler Lockett is. In fact, he came okay. out and criticized everybody who was saying that it was a shot at Wilson. I mean, uh, Russell we Wilson. Want the guys, lights, baby. I know. Want the I know. Okay? It's, it's more. It's delicious, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, my wife. My wife last night. She's out there watching like the finale of whatever season this is of Real Housewives of whichever <laughs> city is going on or whatever. Me and and this is funny. I was talking with her. You know, we all have something, right? Like I say, everybody's got their wrestling. Okay, that's her wrestling. But for a lot of us, right? Oh, don't drama. Don't get me started, way. brother. Don't get <laughs> me started on some pro wrestling. What, what you gonna do? Uh, yeah. So we all got our thing, but but because we all like in one one level or another, we like the drama. Um, yeah. I don't think. Look, when it comes to the drama surrounding Russell and everything like that, like his former teammates. The, the former teammates that were in that the LOB era, the ones who experienced the the loss down there um, in your stadium um, during the Super Bowl 49 and everything that like those are the ones those are the people that have that animosity. The teammates that he left now, you know, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and those guys, they, they love him. You know, they love Russell Wilson. So as far as team chemistry now, I mean, look. Russell Wilson is a rock star quarterback. I mean, there's no question about that. He's he's turned himself into that. People up here love to blame Sierra for that, but you know, I look at it like he he this is who he always wanted to be, you know, and and he wanted he wanted the entourage and he wanted to you know have a brand that's that's you know multifaceted and, and brings in all this money. He wants an empire. That's who he wants to be. So it's just that's just Russell Wilson. But when it comes to locker room chemistry, when that's all fine when you're winning, right? In the locker room and everybody's going to be cool with that. But when you're losing and you see your quarterback in commercial after commercial after commercial and he's not necessarily the most chummy guy with his his teammates anyway necessarily. Yeah, the chemistry is going to be an issue. So you don't get that now. And so what the comments alluded to, whether Tyler Lockett's intention was uh, for them to be or not, is that, yeah, everybody is very harmonious now, and maybe that wasn't the case before. Uh, speaking of that, you made me think of Baker. Mayfield and and all the commercials he was in, right, and how that yeah. er, erupted. So uh, great commercials, I think... though. I mean, I love the, I love the Baker commercials. You know, they were probably some of the changed, some of the better ones. I look at yard sales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it made me want to live in a stadium, right? Like when he was yeah. in the ones where. <laughs> uh speaking about players of the month i mean seattle just claiming all the awards for october let's mm -hmm. talk about the rookies impact on this yeah. team uh hit you know this year this year's draft class just crushing sure. kenneth walker we mentioned briefly a minute ago at running back he is carrying fantasy teams <laughs> across the the country here and then uh defensively uh tariq woolen is it, mm -hmm. It's Woolen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woolen, yeah, the corner. I, I mean, he's had great impact. I know he started a little shaky at the beginning, but he's really settled in uh, as a corner. We were talking about him a few weeks ago, and and you know, the last few weeks. I mean, this last month, of course, he was now named rookie of the of the month for uh, defensively for mm -hmm. for the NFC. So, talk about the impact they've made. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, this team, this franchise, you think about the Seahawks and perennial contenders and always going to the playoffs and everything. You got to realize this is a team that's won one playoff game since uh, I think it's 2016, won one playoff game. And, you know, it's a team that 
was on the decline year after year after year. A lot of people debate, you know, is it Russell Wilson? Is it Pete Carroll? This and that. The biggest issue with the Seahawks franchise is how horribly John Schneider and Pete Carroll have drafted in the last decade. Like after that 2012 draft that brought Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner and, and guys like that, um, Bruce Irvin, I think, was uh, in, in that draft as well. Um, or maybe the one before, but we got Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, all those guys. Ever since then, horrible, horrible drafting. Um, wasting a first round pick after first round pick after first round pick chase after guys like, um, you know, Rashad Penny and using their top pick on um, LJ Collier in the first round. Um, and Malik McDowell traded back like four times to take Malik McDowell high in the second round. He, he never played it down for that team. So um, Pete Carroll and John Schneider got back to the formula that got them their Super Bowl team in the first place, which is drafting guys, pro-ready guys, um, you know, juniors, seniors in, in college who have been there and then can step in uh, into multiple roles and, and that can kind of fit – in these sort of niche slots that Pete Carroll has, you know, on defense, he, we all know he likes his big corners. Well, you got a six, three, four, two, eight guy in Tariq Woolen. He only's got the measurables and, and Pete Carroll um, say what you want to about him and his philosophy on football. He at, at, at his heart, he's a defensive coach and a defensive backs coach. And he can coach up a guy. If you give him somebody with tools like that. So that that's what happens with Tariq Wool in there, you know, Ken Walker, you know, some people criticize the pick. I thought it was a great pick at the time, uh, just because you can't count on Rashad Penny to be healthy. Um, you know, Boye Mafe is a second round, um, edge rusher that they got out of, out of Minnesota. He's having a, a nice rookie season as well. So you just look up and down the you know their draft board from this last year here in 2022, and you just see guys who, are, who can be contributors and are contributing right now. So it's just a stark difference from what you saw in the last nine, 10 years. And that, that's all the difference right now. Um, how much is Geno's success fall also on the shoulders of the kind of two staples on the outside with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. I feel like those guys, the talent that they have, I mean, I, I thought for sure when I always kind of use fantasy as a reference for, for good or bad, but I think everyone going to this year was like, man, these guys are going to suck this year and they're not going to be able they, they were carried by Russell Wilson. Again, I don't want to get too deep into Russell Wilson here, but as this season's gone on, I mean, Tyler Lockett, dude, I dropped him in a league after week one because I thought, Ooh. I know, I know, I know it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but I really just think about it. I got him. Russell Wilson was being picked in fantasy drafts like in the seventh, eighth round. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how undervalued he was. And now when you look at what he's done this past I'll say seven weeks, eight weeks, uh, or this week nine. So it had been seven weeks. His first week, he didn't do anything. So I think that's what people were expecting for him for the year. And now he's completely turned around. So talk about those two guys and what a difference they've made for this offense. Well, it helps. You know, it definitely helps. Um, I, I think the offense is just, you know, just watching it over this first half of the season and, and watching what it is, it, it, a lot of it's just taking what the defense gives you. And if yeah. that's on the outside and with those guys, look, you put the ball in DK Metcalf's hands, you know, he's just like an AJ Brown kind of guy, you know, or a Debo Samuel. You put the ball in his hands, he's always a threat to score just because of his speed, his size. He could throw guys off of him. Now he's also a threat to fumble the ball. But, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and Tyler Lockett, I mean, he's one of the best possession receivers in the NFL. I mean, he'll he'll run perfect routes and he'll 
drop almost nothing. Now, I say that he had a drop last week with a ball. I mean, a perfectly placed ball by Geno Smith goes off kind of off his face mask. But what's he do? He makes up for it later on with a touchdown reception. So um, two very talented receivers, obviously, on the outside. But I think this offense is just about – it's about more than that. And and if they're the, the number one option, they're open, they'll get the ball and, and do their stuff. But this offense is so varied, and, and it's growing, it's expanding, it's creative, which we haven't seen a lot here in Seattle – over the last 10, 11 years. So, um, you know, it's uh, it, it's humming. And, you know, DK Metcalf, he it looked like he was going to miss some time. He, obviously, he didn't. He played last week and played pretty well. But with his knee, it looked like he was going to miss some time. But even then, um, you, you didn't think this offense was going to take a huge step back, which is wild when you consider – you know, what a big superstar and, and presence that, that he is and how much the two receivers actually make, you know, compared to the rest of the team that's been left after this kind of overhaul. So uh, very, very talented. But, um, you know, it, it, I think it also can go without him, too. How many heart attacks is DK going to give people when it comes to the, 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 the riding the cart to the bathroom and everyone? Thought, oh, man, he's seriously hurt taking that cart ride. And then last, uh, you know, was it last week or the week before where he went down yeah. with the, the injury and ended up coming back? So, yeah, yeah. he's a warrior. Um, he's built different. Matt, the uh, the Cardinals are two point favorites in this game, dude. Um, you know, which I I, I don't see why they're favored it, at all. Wait, know, real, real, real quick, is is that? more disrespect to the people who don't believe in the Seahawks or more somewhat respect that these bet makers are giving the Cardinals that at some point their offense will figure this thing out. I mean, what do you think it is? Well, first of all, I'll show us here. I got my Hawks oh. plus one tenure on my money line parlay. <laughs> so now that sports gambling is legal up here in Washington. Um, yeah. Look, I think I think there are a lot of factors. I think it's just the first of all, this is just a wonky series. I mean, you, you, how do you handicap the Seahawks and Cardinals? It's something crazy or wild or unexpected every single game. They're, you know, they're, they're better here. We're better there. We turn the road game into a home game with the way that the, the 12th man travels. Yeah. And look, I've made that trip several times it's uh I, other than the kingdom and central link field i've been to that state what's it's now state farm right yeah. i've been to state farm more times than any other stadium in in the country so um you know the the the, the away the away crowd travels and just weird stuff happens from what? the 6 6 thursday night game right to you know <laughs> beastquake 2.0 to was it josh mccown like twice beating Seattle in Seattle. It just, it's a weird series. But are, are, are fans a little like hesitant in Seattle to really buy in on this team still? Because I, and the reason I only ask this, and I'm not trying to oh, say we're this, having just, fun, man. You know, they're just enjoying it. Playing but, with house money. We're okay, supposed okay. to suck this year. <laughs> but Gino that's what I'm Smith's our quarterback. But that's what I'm saying. Like, like <laughs> the reason the I, the reason why I feel like that fan base is a little half in is because traditionally, I'll just say it. I own eight season tickets to the Cardinal Stadium, and the Seahawks game is a pretty easy sell. It's not been an easy sell this year at all. Um, usually wow. there is a good traveling crowd, not to say that I sell to visiting fans. I'm just saying, ultimately, if you put your tickets listed online, mm-hmm. they go pretty quick, regardless yeah. if it's Cardinal fans or Seahawks fans buying them. They ain't moving this year, and I think part yeah. of that's the Cardinals aren't good. But the other half is I, I want. it just makes me continue to question, like, is Seattle, like you're saying, kind of living this – this happy-go-lucky, yeah, yeah, we're 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 excited that we're we have the house money, but at some point the shoe's gonna drop. I mean, is right. that what you're waiting for? Or do you think this is gonna be able to continue the whole year? 
Well, I think I think there's a lot of folks who are waiting a week and going to Germany too. Um, okay. And so if you were like planning on uh, go to Tampa away game, uh, for like that that Tampa yeah. game. It's probably that one. It, like if you made your plans before the season, you weren't planning on this. So, so I'd probably you know handles a lot of that. Uh, I do appreciate you and, and folks like you though that do sell your your Cardinals <laughs> tickets during Seahawk <laughs> Week. Look, like I said, I've had many uh, many a, a party down there at uh, hey, down my, there in Glendale. Mine are West, on the... Westgate is my that's, uh-huh, that's my jam uh-huh. right there, man. <laughs> listen, listen, I I must say this so I can protect myself. My seats uh-huh. are on the Cardinal sideline. Okay. So I don't think Seahawk fans are buying my tickets, so to speak. <laughs> when I see the Seahawk fans come, they're sitting on the opposite sideline. Okay. But, yeah. I, I'm just saying I've sat pretty much everywhere there is to sit in that stadium. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's, he sat in my uh, tickets is what he said. He sat in my seats. Uh, Matt, what is, what is your final score prediction on this game? We do it with all of our guests, you know, when we go behind enemy lines every week. We get yeah. the final score prediction and uh, put it back. Well, before, that, so. before we get that score, Gunner. Yeah. Last week's guest. I mean, we're going to set some we were pretty dang high yeah. expectations for you right now. Really, really, really. Last week's guest missed it by what? One point, right? It was one like point. They, they yeah. said 27, 24 and it was 27, 23. So we missed it by That's one point. So good. close. Yeah. Oh, I'm well, going to start uh, betting on this. Whatever your prediction is, I'm betting going forward because <laughs> nice. it's going to hit at some point. Nice. Someone's going to get it right. I don't know. Kyler Murray. Boy, I mean, he's great in fantasy, but he's such a as as a quarterback of like a football team, and that's how we're looking at this. <laughs> that's what we're talking about, right? Just, like, a- <laughs> yeah, you just I I don't know, man. It, he, every time I watch him, uh, at least three or four plays just leave me scratching my head. So, I think that uh, I think the Seahawks win this game. Um, uh, I think they go in there. I think it's going to be a weird score just because it's a weird series. I'll say Seahawks twenty six, uh, Cardinals fifteen. Wow, weird score. Total. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For the Seahawks, okay. Cardinals got to be right. Yeah, I mean that's uh, what. The, the, the what? How do you get to fifteen? Well, you it, get, it would get, be, uh, two touchdowns, a one two point conversion, or five field goals. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like okay. That. All right. He's thinking we're going to still have offensive woes and have to have Prater kick all day. <laughs> well, twenty six fifteen isn't even an option. I got twenty six sixteen. Oh, you can't even bet 26-15. Oh, hang on. Let me hang on. Let me go to the Seahawks. Because who say, in the right mind would would predict? Yeah, who who would take that? <laughs> 26-16. Yeah, there's no 26-15. All right, go with 16. All right, we'll go 26-16. That's plus 42,000. Nice. <laughs> so a $5 bet will five pay bucks out 2100 bucks. Yeah. All right. All right. How much? 2100 bucks on a $5 bet. That's great. All right, so how are we going to spend your money this time if you win? This <laughs> every, every every time he plays as one of these yeah. bets, we, well, we figure out how we're going to we're going to spend Gunner's money uh, if he wins. I always nice. say that he's going to give a contribution to to you or your favorite charity, yeah, whether if your sure. favorite favorite charity is your own wallet. But now, now Fox uh, has now Fox spends a million dollars of Terry Bradshaw's money. Yeah, so Gunner, Gunner, are you putting up a million bucks? Is that how this is going to work? No, I, yeah, <laughs> I will. I will spend a million dollars of your money. I, hey, I bet you will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I 100%. bet you will. <laughs> 100%. Matt, we appreciate you coming yeah. on. Uh, get your shill a little bit. Get your plugs in. Where can people find you on, on the internet? It's not Slickhawk anymore. Where can they no, find you? At Matt Mikolas. It's M-I-K-O-L-A-S on uh, on Twitter. Um, you can find me every week. I'm a contributor um, on, the, on the Mitch Unfiltered podcast cool. uh, at MitchUnfiltered.com or on Patreon.com slash Mitchie the Kid. Right. Awesome. Well, Matt, we appreciate you coming on and uh, 
if there's any hope that we make the playoffs and you guys make the playoffs and somehow there's a game between the two, we're not even going to invite those other guys from our brother <laughs> podcast. We're going to come, <laughs> we're gonna come straight to you, a man we can count on. That's right. That's right. And, and a man here. that isn't, in, isn't too uh, taken in by the, the rivalry. You know, he doesn't have a problem yeah. talking with some Cardinal folks. So I got no problem with that. <laughs> we appreciate you, Matt. And uh, thanks, Matt. thanks for coming on the show. A lot of fun. Thanks guys. Thanks, yeah, that was a good guest, Gunner. Thanks for yeah, he's, thanks for locking that up. He's great. He's always been a lot of fun. He's a lot better than what those other guys would have been from that brother <laughs> podcast. Sure. Dude, we were talking hate. about uh, we were talking about Gino's salary and what he's getting yeah. paid. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at this. So they got they got Gino at three point five on the one million dollar deal. They got Drew Locke at one point four million. I'm like, there's so much money there. The mm-hmm. how come, I'm wondering why the Seahawks didn't go and. Uh, you know, try and trade or pick somebody up just to try to build this team up a little bit more with I, all that extra money. Part of me thinks, I know he was pretty humble there. Like, part of me thinks that they're waiting to see if this this can continue. Like, yeah. Like, like uh, I don't know if they are fully in on like, oh, let's build around Geno Smith and build around <laughs> this team yet. Like, yeah. let's see how well this year finishes and let's see what this team does. And uh, I mean, cause now they're going to have to make a decision. Cause he said, Geno's on a one-year deal. Right. So now they got to make a call that yeah. if Geno can keep this up the rest of the year, are you going to pay Geno Smith? I mean, that would have been a great question for him. I, mean, I still think it's early in the season to ask that, but I don't, I don't think he would know the answer to that, though, based on how he's talking. You know, they're just having fun. They're playing with house money. You yeah. got Geno Smith, but could you imagine Geno Smith getting like uh, Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson money? You know, that kind of money to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Well, and I don't, I don't 32. think you'll get him. I don't think you'll have to pay him that kind of money. But you're still going to pay him starter money at that point, like good starter money. What, what and... starter money? What, what, what do you consider starter money? Like fifteen, twenty mil. Here's the thing. When quarterbacks get signed right now, usually when they get a new deal, they become a top two, top three, top four paid quarterback in the NFL. If you pay Geno, I don't think you're going to have to crack the top 10, maybe top 15. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I, it's well, so weird. It's a really Gino, weird scenario because I don't know how many people believe that this Geno Smith is going to be the Geno Smith forever I, well, I mean i'll put this out there's because uh the giants are top of mind and you know adam sitting there uh daniel jones he signed a four-year 25 million dollar contract so i mean that's probably more the median of uh starter quarter starting quarterbacks you know that isn't that his also- rookie deal or is he off his rookie deal is daniel jones already out where's kaka where's the bird guy yeah, the- <laughs> kaka, that is his rookie contract that's being okay. the sixth yeah, overall okay. pick in the nfl draft but if you want just a reference point here gentlemen yeah. since i'm already uh, up and walking uh, when you talk about the top quarterbacks in the league, obviously these are guys that are either well-established, big contracts. But you get down to you know Aaron Rodgers, top of the heap there with $50 million average annual salary, all the way down to let's go to the 10th highest paid quarterback right now by salary is Kirk Cousins at $35 million, And yeah. you can get all the way. You'll so wait, that, I, I think that Kirk Cousins is a good reference, right? Like Kirk Cousins, when he got that deal, was was kind of hot stuff in free agency. I don't know if Gino will be that high, but I think he's going to be close around there. So are you going to give Gino $35 million? Producer Adam, would you give Gino Smith $35 million? No. But, <laughs> but 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 it's funny, though, because when you think about the NFL today, right, this season is such a good example. Older veteran quarterbacks mm-hmm. struggling a little bit, right? You're, you're having performances from Gino Smith, from, for whatever it is or isn't, Daniel Jones, right? I, I think it does create a little bit of a variable here. And inside of that price tag room, 
just so you know, Baker Mayfield, you know, 15 million, Jameis Winston, 14 million. And those guys were either hurt or were getting benched. When you talk about Tom Brady at 25, Ryan Tannehill at 29 million, you're, you're probably going to be in the $30 million a year range yeah. for Smith services and probably a little bit more. Cause he's, he's arguably what a top three quarterback this season. Yeah, but what, why wouldn't you pay him, though? He's younger than most of those quarterbacks. He's 32 years old. He just turned 32 on October 10th. Uh, Kirk Cousins is 34. he's Geno effing Smith. I know he is, but I mean, he's still, <laughs> young. he's still got youth behind him. Let's be clear. Yeah. I, as a as a Giants you know, guy, would not pay Geno Smith with where my franchise is, but say I'm the Indianapolis Colts and things didn't work out with Matt Ryan and I think that I have the weapons That's- and pieces <laughs> in place. If I'm the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and I think that – Tom Brady's going to retire finally after this season. Like teams that feel like they're really ready to win right now, I, I would take I would take a two three year look at Geno Smith because what's your worst case scenario? But why, why are people think, out, but why are people thinking that way though? Like because I mean just because he's been in the league for so long is that why people are thinking that way? Because I, I mean if he just came to the league and lit it up like he's doing this season. People would be all about signing this dude. Well, yeah, he's been a journeyman. I mean, he's been in the league a while. He's not yeah. done this. So it's, it's, and he's it's, still young, though. He's 32. Gunner, think about how many guys that in their contract year tear it up and then they get a huge deal and they're never that same guy. Kyler uh, like Murray? That big Is that what you're referring to Kyler Murray? No, because Kyler Murray still shows flashes that he's still the same guy. Yes, he's dropping off statistically right now, and I don't know yeah. what the hell's going on. But no, there's there's plenty of examples of guys that have have fought for big deals on their contract year and, and then foolishly got paid and then didn't do anything. So I, I think there there's some apprehension there, and and just that it's Geno's talk. By the way. <laughs> Don't forget that Seattle, I mean, they, they could franchise him for one year and and see where oh. their next quarterback is gonna be, right? Like Seattle. And if anything, if you're yeah, if you're Tyler, you're disgusted visually here because that means he'll be the best quarterback in the division, or at least above <laughs> Kyler Murray, right? But you you would take a risk, quote unquote, on keeping Geno around for an extra year for a team that's overachieving right now. Yeah, but that uh, that, that franchise tag number has got to be ridiculous. Something <laughs> between thirty and forty million. Crazy. Oh, I think the yeah. guy's genuinely a good dude, though. I mean, in his post game, you know, interviews and stuff, he just seems yeah, like I a genuine you. dude. He's paid his dues, and now is his time to shine. You know, I'm, and, I'm not trying to hate on the guy. I mean, he's living yeah. every oh, man's oh, dream. Right more likable than Kyler Murray. Am I right, fellas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, the Cardinals need to turn stuff around this weekend. Speaking yeah, of turning stuff around, let's talk about the keys to the game, Gunner. Okay. Um, my keys to the game. And then if you have any prop bets that you want to line up, we'll hit that uh, okay. before we roll out keys to the game. Um, I found these from NFL. They have this great video on, on uh, their next gen stats. And they're, they're, these are the three places they think the Cardinals can, uh, can leverage to win this game. One is quick passes. Seattle is 31st against the quick pass in the NFL. Crazy stat, right? The Cardinals are actually sixth in the NFL in quick passes. So this is actually a five-star matchup, according to NFL Next Gen stats, for the Cardinals. Um, protecting the red zone in the rushing area. Seattle is 27th in red zone rushing, and the Cardinals rank seventh in defense uh, against the run in the red zone. So that is a four-star uh, advantage for the Cardinals. And then last is getting the play action going. Well, the play action is only going to work if you get your run game going. So if the Cardinals can do that, the Cardinals rank ninth in the play action. Seattle rank 24th in defending play action. So 
hopefully the the cardinals uh have obviously learned from that and understand that that can be uh, an advantage for them uh I do want to throw a couple nuggets that came out this week. Pro Football Focus has Kyler Murray getting seventh most total time in the pocket right now in the NFL. So that offensive line, although at times has looked shaky, mm-hmm. has has done pretty good. But uh, this key nugget comes from Chuck Harris on Twitter. He said in in 2021, this kind of goes to those the, the keys to the game here uh, in that play action and also the run is the Cardinals run pass ratio last year when they were winning. You know, this is before the downward skid. They hovered around 50%. Now they're 50% run, 50% pass. Great, great. They were very efficient, right? Uh, this was top five in the NFL. Uh, the, this season, they are at 39.3%. They're 20th in the NFL. And so that's mm-hmm. where you kind of look at the Cardinal success. It's when they have a balanced offense and they have not committed or, or had that this season. Now, James Connors day-to-day, We've heard this for multiple weeks, but hopefully he'll be back this week and can turn it on. And, and this offensive run game between him and Eno can get moving and maybe they can commit to that and also sprinkle in some Kyler runs. So to me, that all in a jumble is wrapped up to your keys of the game. But uh, Gunnar, any any good props this week? Uh, I'll just tell you kind of what I'm looking at. You know, I, I don't have uh, any bets that I've made thus far. But just kind of what I'm looking at, you know, prior to the uh, the win that the Cardinals had at home against the Saints, they were they had lost eight straight. Can they continue winning at home? I mean, that's that's a question mark. Um, what else do I have? They, so our friends at Bet IQ uh, have their prediction on the game. They've got uh, Arizona uh, to take it, take them with the, uh, with with the points minus two. So they have uh, Arizona winning twenty seven to twenty four. Uh, they do show uh, the majority, 86% of the money is on the Seahawks, though. Even though they've got their, uh, you know, their recommendation and their prediction, 86% of the money is on the uh, the Seahawks right now. Uh, let's see. And they have a little stat on King Kingsbury, which, I mean, they the, the Vegas odds makers, the people that do this stuff, they look at everything, you know. It says Cliff Kingsbury is 13-5 and five in weeks five through nine while coaching in Arizona. So maybe they have confidence that Cliff is going to turn it around now that we're past week five. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Honestly, don't know what they're looking at to get the Seahawks at minus two, the way that Arizona has been playing They're They're losing at home regularly, you know, up until beating the saints and, uh, and the Seahawks playing as well as they are, you know, I, I don't know where they're, they're getting that, uh, that spread at, but that's what I'm looking at. I, I think I'm going to lean towards the Seahawks though. I, I just don't have the confidence in the, uh, the Cardinals just yet. Um, so I will probably go uh, with the Seahawks and I think I'm going to go on the overs, you know, on uh, Geno Smith on his passing yards. I don't know if they have those posted yet. Same with Kenneth Walker. I'll get him on an anytime touchdown. I just don't have the confidence in our boys, Tyler. I don't. Yeah, me neither. Uh, it's, it's weird. This, this <laughs> every week I feel like I've made a case where I'm like, Oh, the Cardinals are going to win. The Cardinals are going to win. Last week yeah. I said, this is the game where the Cardinals surprise a team that." that you don't expect for them to be. You expect the Vikings to get that victory, and they did. But uh, I thought that was a game the Cardinals could could pull out of their hat. Um, this week, everything tells me the Cardinals should win, but they've not done what I've hoped all year. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It's, it's It really surprises me they're favored. I get that they're only favored by two, and usually if you're the home team, you're favored by three. Right. But at this point, the Cardinals have done nothing to warrant being favored at all, even at home. So it, I just 
I don't know. Maybe Vegas knows what they're talking about, and the Cardinals are going to get a win here. I mean, they may be looking at it as well as it it, it being a must win. You know, if the uh, yeah. the Cardinals lose, the Ox will move three games ahead in the division and own the tiebreaker. So, I mean, that you got to take that into account as well. You know, and no, it's, it's this is literally like a playoff game for the Cardinals. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I get you're only one game out of like the wild card, but uh, I mean you got to start getting wins here somewhere. So yeah. uh, you got three division games coming up and also the chargers. So you, you need to, this next three weeks is huge and it starts, starts Sunday. And honestly, I think your, your best two matchups that you can win is against Seattle and, and the Rams. I don't think it's against the Niners. I think the Niners are only going to start getting better here. So yeah. you need to win Sunday and hopefully the Cardinals can, can put something together here. Hopefully we can get a quick start offensively and not a quick start uh in our defense giving up points like they have the last yeah. couple of weeks so i'm I'm, ex- I'm excited before we uh, wrap it up i'm excited about yep. next wednesday uh hard knocks in season starts next week oh, so we'll have yeah. a little we'll have a little bit of more uh content you know uh we can watch the uh, the behind the scenes what's happening back there and uh chat a little bit more about that the uh, episode's yeah. gonna drop like tuesday night though isn't it ah yeah i i have just wednesday november 9th so it oh oh, wait, oh so it starts midweek yeah Ooh, so we're going to be able to talk to that on our on our preview show uh, next week. So, yeah. All right. With that being said, Cardinals Seahawks this Sunday, State Farm Stadium Two. what is it? Two oh five kickoff. Is that what we said? You know, it's one of one of two afternoon games. They got six teams on by eight games at 11 a.m. Two afternoon games. One of those being Seattle and Arizona. Nice. Well, if you want to join us, we're doing a free tailgate this Sunday at the Lola birdgangtailgate.com. Otherwise get ready for our post game show. Gunner will be out for that. I will grab somebody to uh, co-host alongside me that episode. And until then uh, make sure you download and subscribe wherever you find podcasts or go to cardinalspodcast.com. But make sure you always kick off in the Valley.